1: abner Meyers is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls abner is also a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring on blue wires new podcast on the hook with abner mars we'll hear from abner his family fellow athletes and other people who make him boxer and the man he is The two parts i'm most excited about are abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ and also the sports music culture and family life he gets into like myself one young daughter obviously him with his two daughters um it's going to be an interesting listen i'm really looking forward to hearing along listen to on the hook with abner Mars wherever you get your podcast episodes in english out on tuesdays episodes in spanish out on wednesdays
0: as the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and
1: it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., they catch it, he did. Hello everyone, welcome back to roto Overtime on roto Radio, brought to you by Pepsi and Indeed. My name is Colum Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at to Marlin. Joined as always by Sean Siegel, one of the corners owners at roto um, Sean, I usually mention at the end of the shows, I'm gonna do it at the start of the shows today, uh- Hopefully, all the listeners make it all the way to the end of all the shows. But just in case they don't, uh, you can always drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app. Uh, Just changing things up a little bit today uh, always helps us out with those written and reviews. Much appreciated if you can do that for us. Today's show, we're going to have a guest clip from Hassan Rahim, uh, one of the key writers at RotoViz. And uh, looking forward to sharing that with you Uh, in just a moment. It's going to be looking a little bit at the running back position. Um, But Sean, as we get ready for week seven, how are you?
2: I'm good. It's been an exciting season. It's it's always uh, just sort of the human response to hold on to a few of those big losses or the plays that if they had just gone barely differently, it's hard for me not to keep looking back on that game on Monday night where Curtis and I were so close to the epic comeback that would have kept that team undefeated. And instead of focusing on that now, kind of focus on going forward the OT main event team we've mentioned, sort of middle of the pack. We had the tough loss last week. The other three main events that I'm in currently have the combined record of 15 and three. And so anytime that you're in that situation, you have to give thanks as opposed to being worried about, you know, maybe the one or two little losses that did sneak in there. And now comes the fun part, right? We're really getting deep into the bye weeks. And the whole thing that we talk about here on the show and on the site, how can you put your team together so that it starts to hammer opponents during those bye weeks? The zero running back squad is set to brutalize teams with a wide receiver lineup that has DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Will Fuller, Calvin Ridley, the two sort of single RB or more modified uh, zero RB types of teams. Now, one of them already getting through with the Alvin Kamara by done. We've been a little bit luckier than a lot of these teams where the running backs really have fallen to the wayside now we've <laughs> missed that stretch of running back injuries for the most part dalvin cook someone on almost everywhere he missed week six a lot of people were excited about alexander madison after he had the big game in the second half in in reserve there filling in for cook but then was sort of a, a week to prepare a week to get ready or just it, it being a different week. We see that every Sunday uh, these games play out differently. Madison really stuffed. They moved in Mike Boone. He got a goal line carry, even for those people who were playing him in sort of desperation circumstances. I liked actually liked Boone as a guy you could have played last week. He did get tackled at the goal line. Didn't get in there. The Vikings unable to run the ball. Didn't necessarily need to in the end playing from so far behind. They now have this passing attack with Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen. You can't stop Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen gets held out of the end zone, held out of the game. The team's really looking uh, to stop him. And then garbage time comes up from the Vikings. You know, he finds himself uncovered in the end zone. It's one of those things where you play 55 minutes against Thielen, and then you forget he's on the field and he scores that last touchdown. Thielen, a guy always getting out there and scoring those points. So, Dalvin Cook, the bye this week. He should be ready to come out of it the following week. So week seven here, a big week for Dalvin Cook teams, because if they can get through this one, then it's really looking to be exciting. Uh, I don't know, smooth sailing. Anytime you've got a guy with a soft tissue injury with that groin injury, you know, that could pop back up. But I think if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you have to be excited about the second half of the season. So week seven, we talked about some things you can do to get through this week at running back In the show on Tuesday. Today, we're going to talk about an exciting rookie, maybe another player you could buy if you want to be the next breakout, but some young guys really coming through here. Hassan has a great clip for us
1: yeah so uh, as i mentioned hassan if you haven't if you haven't been reading hassan's work if you haven't been listening to him on the the road of his radio airwaves uh, over the last couple of years you really should be he's one of my favorite guys to talk to a really good dude and uh, obviously i'll give a plug here a shameless plug for the road of his report which is back over the last probably over the last month um, you know I took a hiatus for the the summer months and uh, is back and is one of my favorite things uh, to get early on a monday morning because they record uh, on a sunday evening comes out early monday morning so you can listen to it straight away get a recap on all the action uh, of what has happened on sunday it's him along with blair andrews so i would recommend uh obviously thank you for listening to our show but i would recommend you subscribe to theirs as well and have a listen and always great stuff from hassan and blair and the last thing i want to do before we play this clip is uh give a plug to hassan's twitter handle which is hrr5010 you can check him out there always a fun twitter follow but his clip is about deandre swift who had a big game this
3: past week so uh let's let's jump into it take it away hassan Hey, Coleman, Sean, I just wanted to get your thoughts here on DeAndre Swift, who coming off after the bye week just had a monster of a game this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, he saw 14 rushing attempts and uh, turned that into 116 yards and two rushing touchdowns. His role in the receiving game here has been fairly high as he's averaged about four targets a game and he catches about three of those and he turns them into a fairly long Uh, you know, reception totals as well. He's also got a a handful of receiving touchdowns on the year. He currently sits as uh, the 10th best running back in terms of efficiency, and that's fantasy points over expected per game. Despite his low expected points per game, this seems to be uh, a player who, in my opinion, seems to be fairly explosive. And I think that his role should only grow going forward. It's a solid thing that Adrian Peterson appears to be the guy who's getting a lot of the low value work whereas Swift is someone who's able to touch the ball and take it straight to the house so I have a handful of questions for you surrounding Swift one where would you rank him in the dynasty rookie class among all rookie running backs now as it appears uh, he appears to be far more explosive to me than either Akers or Dobbins and even JT and two where would you be taking him In Dynasty startups, I personally might be considering him ahead of someone like a Miles Sanders, who I think his stock should be on the decline, along with other veteran running backs like a Joe Mixon, who we haven't seen. But my argument is that I think that Swift should be taken ahead of. He should be the second rookie running back taken in this class. Thanks. It'd be great to get your thoughts on this.
1: So, Sean, obviously a big performance this week, and and although it wasn't a huge amount of extra work, like we've talked about backfields where there's kind of a veteran block in the way for uh you know a young a younger player over the last couple of years in a number of different scenarios but this one i know i know swift dropped that touchdown to win the game in week one against the bears and obviously probably maybe maybe it knocked uh, the team's confidence in them very early on but like we're, we're going with peterson and we're like at this point like you you have a team and you have a player who you've drafted this year and looks more explosive better pass catcher Even though he dropped that touchdown, obviously. Uh, But Swift just is by far, by far the more explosive player, and we really should be seeing him playing much more often here for the Lions. But I I don't know if I can say with confidence that that's the case, but I can say for confidence that at this current stage of Adrian Peterson's career and this stage of DeAndre Swift's career, Swift is clearly the better running back out of the two of them. I'm going to ask you the question i'm pretty sure you're going to agree but do you think that is the case Uh,
2: you know you can probably make the case that having this veteran in there taking a little bit of the pressure off of swift is an easy way to get through some of those early rookie hiccups to make that first game loss not quite such a big deal he doesn't come out and have to really carry the load in week two At the same time, you know, the Lions are in a situation here where I don't think that their coaching staff necessarily have a lot of extra rope. And so you look at that loss in week one and you look at the fact that they've had two additional weeks in which they've given up 30 plus unanswered points. And you have to ask yourself the question, Okay, you have Matthew Stafford. He is not in that elite echelon, but sort of below that where he can move the ball. He's demonstrated a lot of growth even, you know, late or as he moves into his 30s here. He could continue to improve from a decision-making and accuracy perspective, you know, very marginally as we go forward the next year or two still here. They have a Kenny Galladay. They have a TJ Hawkinson who uh, just missed a highlight catch in this one. As a Hawkinson owner, it was fun to see them go to him at the goal line on three consecutive plays. You know, when you're playing that tight end, you need that tight end touchdown and you get two shots at the goal line and they miss both times. You're thinking to yourself, well, you know, that's the game. They, you know, they've blown it, went back to him a third time. This Lions team is far too loaded on offense to go through stretches where you give up 30 unanswered points. Now, the defense obviously has some accountability in that as well, but one of the ways that you do it is you put yourself in a lot of third downs you put yourself in a lot of situations where it takes a ton of plays to score and adrian peterson still uh, i think in some ways surprising he looks a little bit better now than he looked two or three years ago he does have a little bit of that straight line burst he actually made a nice catch in this game which uh, definitely not something that is part of the peterson profile but when you're the lions you're playing for your coach's job more importantly than that for the players you want to make the playoffs you have this opportunity deandre swift needs to be in there i think it's been a very pleasant surprise to see how he's responded to that first game and not that he was going to be you know put off by that first game but the athleticism the size he went to the combine and maybe wasn't quite as athletic as people were hoping he didn't necessarily show this electric type of athleticism that you can see in the collegiate highlights, where even as a a freshman there, he looked to be maybe superior to Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. He gets in here playing for the lions looks a little bit bigger than I thought that he was. Now, when you look at the different sizes of some of these very high profile rookie running backs, you have Clyde Edwards Alaire, you have J.K. Dobbins, they're only in that five to seven pounds lighter range. But on the field right now, they look much, much smaller than Swift. So when you also put that athleticism in there, you see these big plays, and I think you you start to get excited. Now, the number one thing from a fantasy perspective is just you see the points that he put up on Sunday, and you get excited. But what he's doing and what his profile is is the type of hybrid profile that leads to not just being good but eventually being a star running back which again with all the other players who are in this draft that's what you needed to get if you had a pick in the first five to ten slots hassan mentions the efficiency he's number 10 in fantasy points over expectation he scored 13 more points than his touches would have suggested he's also number 17 in receiving expected points we really harp on this role in the receiving game So number 17 at this point, despite the buy, so a lot of those guys ahead of him have had one extra game. He's also ahead of some guys like Kareem Hunt and Antonio Gibson, whom we might've assumed would have more points, right? So I think you've got to like what he's doing here. Once you have that run game addition to it, he's now starting to look like a star. So, you know, we get back to Hassan's questions. Where does he fit now? Now, we do have to admit that this was a very soft matchup. We talked on the show before, about josh jacobs and how he took advantage of that soft matchup in week one and every week isn't going to be like that right you go into the nfl stat Explorer. one of the really cool things on the fantasy page you have stats galore right you have every stat you can think of there in a variety of different visuals you can play with in different ways see how the different guys break down but then you go to the matchups page and so you know maybe those fantasy stats don't appeal to you and you're thinking okay i'm not going to buy the rotor rotavis subscription for that go to the matchups page and i think you'll be blown away right you can see the strength of schedule matchups there you can see how the vegas lines not only what the projection is for this week but what a player has done in similar circumstances in the past how those implied point totals have related to what the player has done so anyway we'll look at swift and this jags game was one of the very softest matchups that you can possibly have it rates as a plus five on the schedule the schedule gets tougher again going forward but then one of the reasons why i think swift is a fun pickup even in redraft leagues and perhaps people are looking at this and they well swift is obviously a great dynasty own but this was a fluky game you know he still has peterson in there carry on johnson uh you know not really that much a part of it but he goes in for a couple of snaps a game as well touches a the ball here and there and maybe you're thinking okay well that's just again another touch that swift doesn't get and so you know if you own him in redraft maybe he's a sell after this splashy game I think that he's a buy because you look at the matchups in weeks 10 to 12. So right as we lead into the fantasy playoffs, he again has a stretch almost like this Jacksonville game. He's got Washington, Carolina, Houston. So I think if you're looking ahead, if you have the ability to kind of get through these more difficult matchups in the short term, then you want to be buying him in redraft as well. But when we look at that dynasty value, you go to the dynasty ADP tool, you can see that over the summer he was running back 17. So that's already fairly high. But now for me, I mean, we spent Tuesday bashing Kenyon Drake. Uh, he, he's easily ahead of Drake, <laughs> obviously. He's ahead of Dobbins. Eckler, I really like coming back now with what their rookie QB is doing. But I think he moves ahead of Eckler. He moves ahead of Jacobs, who still isn't getting the receiving numbers that we want. Uh, Hassan mentioned Mixon. Mixon, one of the most overvalued players in fantasy, moves ahead of him. Edwards Alaire, the huge game against the Bills in the rain, with Le'Veon Bell coming in there, he moves ahead of him, and I think that Swift moves into the group with Derrick Henry just had the 200 yard gain, moves into the group with Aaron Jones who's continuing to put up big numbers, was shut down a little bit this last week by the Bucks, Miles Sanders, I would still prefer although in the short term you got to like Swift due to the Sanders injury here, and then Ezekiel Elliott, we saw him with the multiple fumbles. I made a big move for him in the Rotoviz Dynasty League this past week. I think that there's some value there, but long term, I think you you prefer Swift to Ezekiel Elliott. So, Column, that's a, a pretty aggressive move. Where does he fit in there for you?
1: i think you're probably right right on point there with it you know in terms of like the age profile of the other running backs i think you're you're right on it with you know eckler um if it was like a, a one season who do you want They probably would be leaning eckler but if you're looking you know in dynasty uh heading on down the road i think you're you're definitely going towards swift I, i've just been really impressed with what he's been able to do on his limited touches you know you mentioned the Uh, you know the efficiency and the fantasy points over expectation i think he's been really really good i just think that the team is holding him back at this point um in terms of what they can do in offense i understand obviously having the veteran in there is a good way to go but uh, as an nfl offense (laughs) to you want to win games you mentioned you know this team should be more explosive you know you have golliday you have stafford who uh i think we're both i think it's fair to say we're both a fan of you have marvin jones there you have hawkinson i think if you get deandre swift in there it just makes us uh offense a lot more dynamic and i think then obviously that helps him for fantasy purposes moving forward but i would agree like i think drake was somebody who in terms of where he was going and i know we mentioned him on tuesday this season in terms of redraft and where his expectation was in terms of dynasty that i just had zero interest in obviously that came back to bite me uh, this past week (laughs) in terms of uh you know fantasy matchups but you know Dobbins is somebody who's in there who's interest and I think Dobbins is a player who we could move swift and him back and forth depending how the rest of the season plays out and who is tending to get in to get that follow the action like I think it's pretty clear that well it's not pretty clear but Peterson I would imagine we're getting close, like I thought maybe four years ago we were getting close to this last year in the NFL, but uh, he still just keeps defeating Father Time. But I think we're in a similar situation with Dobbins where we have an aging veteran uh, in both situations with Ingram and then with Peterson. Um, and both of those guys could be the, you know, the the definite defined starter come 2021. So I really like both of those guys long-term. Uh, obviously it was mentioned by Hassan as well. Where would we have him versus these other rookies um is it a case where you still have jonathan taylor clearly ahead of him uh, the way you have you know talked through the running back rankings there you would have him ahead of edwards hilaire so d- is there a clear gap um you know between him and you know the likes of hilaire and dobbins and then similarly the gap to to jt
2: there's a gap for me I don't know that I would feel as comfortable calling it a clear gap at this point now that we're seeing Swift do at the NFL level what he did at Georgia. Taylor, it's been frustrating because the Colts haven't gotten down there, you know, at the goal line to score a lot of these uh sort of throwaway touchdowns that really helps you Uh, i think even more than that long touchdown at the end of the game as as someone who needed a huge performance from kyler murray when he had that run early on stretches out at the goal line and is stopped at the six inch line and the next play is a handoff to drake for the you know the six inch touchdown that really changes a fantasy week and that was one of the reasons why Drake was so coveted to start with. Now we we've seen how in any two, three, four, even five week period, you can underperform what those opportunities are. Benny Snell had actually been getting some goal line touches, finally, actually got in this past week. And so if you were in desperate straits, you know, he was a viable play uh, this past weekend. Taylor, it's a matter of getting those touches, scoring those touches. Philip Rivers has been a very weird quarterback in that he has contributed to the Colts kicker Blankenship having a fantastic season. Then they had (laughs) a comeback this past week where wide receivers you might not even be familiar with or realize they're in the NFL had some big games. The th- reason why I still like Taylor is that the one real concern, the thing potentially separating him from a Saquon Barkley was this difference in the receiving ability. And even though Taylor had sort of another quiet below-the-radar 15-ish point game this past week, they used him in the passing game. He was explosive out of the backfield, you know, turned those targets into 50 plus yards as a receiver, and not really doing it of one chunk, but consistently, you know, eight, 10, 15 yards. If he can do that, he's going to be an absolute star. So I still do have him above...
1: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't, but you have to keep moving and that's what makes it hiring more important than ever and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast. You only pay for what you need. You can pause any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over three million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer they have available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This season, football will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. If you're like me you love kicking it back on sundays watching as much off the action as you can i like to sit down have on a couple of screens but uh, the main screen that i'll be watching has red zone on it so i can catch all those touchdowns as they happen i like to do that with a nice cold pepsi and as i mentioned on a couple of the shows recently the way i like to do it is Put it in the freezer for maybe 10 to 15 minutes get it really ice cold and then pop it in drop some extra ice in uh, really is a nice crisp refreshing drink to have as you watch those touchdowns roll and hopefully those fantasy points roll in for your successful fantasy football weekend off action pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
2: The question I think becomes Dobbins, right? And what do we do with Dobbins here? Cam Akers, the other player from this group, someone who there was a lot of enthusiasm for, with what Darrell Henderson's doing and the Rams I think really lost this game during the stretch where they decided that Malcolm Brown was the guy to put in there Henderson was really gashing the 49ers throughout the game and because they got behind because of the running back rotation they really took themselves out of what they were doing well and didn't get the overall numbers there but I think Acres is in a little bit of a different difficult situation where he has a young back who was drafted relatively early by the team who looks fantastic, who has a ton of explosiveness. There's nothing fluky about that. Now, maybe Akers ends up being the guy who comes in, does dominate the receiving, and then little by little takes total control. But when you have a young explosive player in there with you, it's going to be tricky. Dobbins, like you mentioned, Mark Ingram, went down with the ankle here. Dobbins has been doing very well in fantasy points over expectation, but this past week, he didn't. And I think that covers up the fact that he had a new career high point, new career high in opportunities, and that he's a guy who has more receiving expected points than Ingram and Edwards combined. Now the red flag here is just, you know, is the Ravens offense, will they ever pass enough to make that a valuable role? But Dobbins is maybe now a week or two behind Swift. So we talked about on Tuesday, that if you missed on Chase Claypool, maybe you can make a trade for Denzel Mims. It can be a little bit of a consolation prize. In that same article I talked about, if you missed on DeAndre Swift, and I don't think you can trade for Swift very easily at this point, then maybe Dobbins is the answer. Because as a Dobbins owner myself, I can admit to sort of the emotional frustration that comes from what he's currently doing. You see some of these other big performances and you're thinking well you know what if i had done this what if i had drafted this other guy and that sort of sours you on the player and yet dobbins right at that point where the breakout could be coming right so coming off of this junior season over 2200 yards from scrimmage he crushed swift in the pre-draft running back prospect lab rankings we think that he's probably the more athletic player even though he missed the physical testing at the combine Uh, curtis Patrick, who's a big Dobbins fan, uh, he's talked about how he could eventually be a heavier Jamal Charles. It's easy to forget that Charles didn't really emerge until year two, right? And so, looking at him, looking at this Baltimore offense that has been a little bit weird, but we know can be explosive, Dobbins is someone I'm trying to pick up now, thinking that his emergence is also on the horizon. And with that being the case, you could get sort of this Swift breakout without having to pay for it so you said that Dobbins and Swift you thought could end up shuffling back and forth in our dynasty rankings sort of over the next month the next year that sounds to me like you're still on board you think he could still be the guy in Baltimore
1: Uh, I'm not overly concerned obviously it's not what we probably were hoping but um, it hasn't been a like there's there's been pluses too I think that the offense is likely to to continue to get better but I I also think that taking Mark Ingram out of there is also going to you know don't want to wish injury on anyone but if he's out of the out of the scene for a week or two I think we'll see this offense start to become more explosive Uh, I think Dobbins will be a better fit for the offense so like obviously there's concerns there but I kind of mentioned about the Lions offense as well like it should be a lot more productive than it is and so should the Baltimore Ravens Um, I think we'll see those those teams kind of get it right as the season moves along here so i think dobbins like we we talked about this in the the pre and that you know well there was no preseason, but after the draft um we talked about the situation with mark ingram being there and kind of dobbins felt like a, a play for 2021 in terms of dynasty i, I did think that they would probably set him behind ingram they just they, they seem to like ingram a lot there in baltimore so i always had that opinion so maybe that's also in my judgment that i I always felt it was a slightly longer term play um so that, that that would be part of my decision there as well so sean moving on now to the the recommendation section obviously uh you do this in your monday piece every week we added into the thursday show then and on this particular one i'll hold my hands up uh, i've had a busy couple of days and i just forgot to tweet out to ask for recommendations so this week we don't have the listener recommendations coming in from our side but we still have sean's recommendations and i'm going to give a, a recommendation here as well but uh, obviously you can send them into as far for the thursday show at rotovizradio at gmail.com but you can also tweet them my way at Overtime Ireland, and I'll do my best to not slip up next week and, and forget about that tweet. But if you have any in the meantime, send them over via the email address again, Radio at gmail.com. But Sean, up for us this week. Uh, I'll let you go first, but uh, you had a television show that you, you wanted to head it off with first.
2: Yeah, well, we you know, we have to give you a little bit of a hard time about letting us down on it. <laughs> We've been getting these great recommendations from the listeners, and I need those as I just finished last night. Uh, the current netflix binge to the lake a sort of a show about a russian pandemic which thankfully um, well i guess not thankfully exactly but their pandemic is, is much more serious than ours here in the real world our hearts obviously go out to everyone who has lost someone with this very serious in its own right for some people watching a show like that can be cathartic right now obviously for others it's the very last thing that they're interested in but With that being done, it's time to find some more options. And the option that I'm sending out there to the listeners is a show that you can find on Hulu, a number of different places as well. I don't necessarily hear this show talked about it, but it sounds like you know it, love it, and have sort of an interesting story to go with it. But there is a comedy called Letterkenny, which is a Canadian show. It's set in small town Canada. But despite that fact, the variety of characters and people and situations that they cover actually much broader than what you might get from, say, an American show about, you know, a a much larger city. This show, absolutely hilarious, not necessarily something to watch with the kids, but where a lot of, of crude and vulgar humor is actually not humor, it's just crude, the things that happen in Letterkenny the the way that they put these scenes together, the pace of the jokes, the wordplay, the Canadian slang, you know, we found that, you know, some family members after watching this, you know, get really deep into it and have, have done lots of research on uh, the Canadian slang, which is sort of fun. You may need the subtitles for this show because although it is in English, it is so fast that if you don't have them on, you're going to miss half of the jokes. So Letter Kenny, fantastic show. Colin White, I think you have an anecdote with this
1: yeah for some of the listeners obviously i, I live in ireland and I, I used to live in Letterkenny, but not the Letterkenny in the show and sean i think that's part of the reason why i got drawn into this it, it's not something that would be on uh kind of irish television but I, I was actually looking on google uh one time just i was looking you know for information around the town i was living in so it's Letterkenny kenny in ireland and uh it's about an hour away from where i actually live currently but it popped up with a television show and I was like "What? what is this and I was like then I, I just just by chance obviously the YouTube clip popped up and I watched it and I had to I had to follow it I, I'm I, I can't see many other people in Ireland probably haven't seen the series but in terms like you mentioned the humor um uh, you know there's a I thought there was a lot of similarities between kind of the Irish humor and the Canadian humor in this show and I just love the the characters um uh, you know obviously they they love there's there's lots of kind of fight scenes in it too (laughs) that are very funny but overall kind of just the the humor the characters everything brought it together um and and i would really recommend this to, to anyone you mentioned about not watching it when there's there's kids around thankfully this was kind of one of those things uh that, that me and my wife watched during my wife's uh, pregnancy so we're probably a little bit behind in terms of the, the the seasons now but just just a really fun show and you know there's enough silliness in it there's enough seriousness in it and then there's so many different characters that you probably can watch it and relate to it in terms of like oh that's a bit like such and such a person i know or one of my friends that's what it, i like shows like that where you can kind of you can almost think of it as people you know and it just kind of adds a little bit to each and every each and every joke in it but it's kind of i don't know about in, in the u.s sean but i think it's very it's kind of an, a niche kind of comedy um and i i highly recommend it to, to any of the listeners that haven't checked it out and i will hold my hands up as well on the 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 lack of uh, listener uh input on this week's show but the listeners i know they're going to they're going to they're going to help me out and they're going to come with the the good recommendations for next week's show but even uh over the last week or so i've uh, there's a few recommendations obviously come in for uh the boys uh and I, i obviously Uh, dived in and started watching that so really enjoying that so far so let's get those recommendations coming towards us uh, coming towards us uh, next week and send them in early you don't have to wait until next week when i potentially forget to ask for them again but as always sean you have a a book as well you want to you want to dive in and, and share with the listeners
2: yeah well just real quickly there i have tried to do with the recommendations a little bit of a theme so you know if the genre is fantasy we get both a show and a book in that direction if it's crime If it's, we haven't done reality yet, but if it were to be reality, if it's comedy here. So we're going to go with sort of a a comedic, PI series, The Spellman Files by Lisa Lutz. I was actually able to see her in the Tucson Lit Festival a handful of years ago. She was fantastic. Didn't read the books until until very recently. The second novel, which is especially good, was nominated for the Edgar Award. So if you're looking for sort of a mystery novel, but where the mystery is secondary to the characters and the jokes. I think you'll like that. These books do have some tension and there's some difficult family dynamics, which again, people uh, may recognize and may be a little bit cathartic in terms of working through some of those. But at the same time, it's one of those books that feels comfortable. It's easy to read. it, It sort of gives you this good feeling as you're in it. And I think that right now, that's one of those things that we can all appreciate. If you can sort of relax into a world that feels real, that feels fun, that has this sort of humorous element, uh, a nice read as opposed to a stressful read there and again a good mystery some good jokes i think people will like it
1: and uh, i'm going to give a, a recommendation here as well but what i want to try and do on these recommendations sean over the next couple of weeks is maybe give a, a bit of an insight into myself or yourself uh, you know for the listeners but we don't really talk about it here but uh, are you are you a music guy do you, do you enjoy music
2: Yeah, I I think that, well, you know, you have the characters on shows from time to time who don't. I think almost everyone likes music. It's not something that I have the passion or depth uh, in terms of of understanding of like television or books or that kind of thing. I'm interested to hear the next part of your question here and what your (laughs) sort of recommendation is.
1: Yeah, the the reason I asked that is um, on some of these upcoming ones, I might recommend some music types for the listener. So I was just interested to see if there was a genre that uh, might fit into your musical taste. But in terms of uh, the next part of the question is musicals. Uh, I, I'm a, like, I don't know. I it's probably not a, an Irish man thing to do, but I'm I'm a big fan of musicals. Uh, my wife got me into liking them. Probably, I don't know, maybe. It 10 years ago and I've kind of been hooked ever since. It's kind of like a one of those things. It's like a a, sec- a secret enjoyment of mine. Are you a fan of musicals?
2: In so I'm gonna say no. And <laughs> it, it's it's not something in terms of feeling like it's not masculine or not appropriate, but but no, it's it's not my favorite thing. I, I had the the very good luck and good fortune to have lived in New York City for a year and a half, some while back, and you know, it's not someplace I'd really recommend to live, you know, for a long time for your life, but to have a, a little bit of a stretch there where you get to go through and experience some of the cultural activities that are there. One of the things that I did like to do was go to plays, but I really made an emphasis to go to plays as opposed to go to music. <laughs> now, I have seen Rent. I have seen Avenue Q, uh, some of the, the kind of bigger name ones there and enjoyed both of those quite a bit still kind of move in the direction of seeing uh, some of the plays if anyone has had a chance to see august osage county that's something that was made into a movie the movie ah, just you know a very thin shadow of what the play and the, and the script is really like so yeah i i'm a a theater goer to an extent but i i do like to find the ones that don't actually have the music in them
1: yeah well that's that's fair enough i know i enjoy some good kind of drama plays as well i I guess at the minute it it seems like one of those things that might be quite a while away before we can go to a a theater or that but you mentioned new york Uh, that's that's kind of where i would have got hooked i've been to broadway a couple of different times and i always enjoy going to to see them uh, different options but gone to rock of ages i've gone to priscilla <laughs> queen of the desert i've gone to uh chicago i've been to quite a few of them there's there's obviously uh we will rock you as a big one in the uk with uh, the queen music i've seen that in both uh, australia and in, in london and um, so there's a couple of them but the one i wanted to recommend for it's, it's easier than having to travel to a city to see and that's uh hamilton the musical uh it's on it's on disney at the moment but um i, I was really the thing i would i enjoy the music in it but the thing i was blown away by and this is the stage movement and how they manipulated the stage and the, the camera work uh you know basically one set stage but the way the stage could move and different things so i i would highly recommend that for any of the listeners that are into uh listening to plays with music in them uh, if you if you are interested in that sort of thing uh, hamilton has uh you know it's i i haven't even looked up about if there's any truth to any of the historical elements of it i would imagine it's greatly uh, changed just for the purposes of the music but uh, really really fun uh, one to watch along with there but that's the the end of the the musical section for today's show but we will be uh, getting those recommendations as i mentioned uh, apologies once again for not getting the listener ones this week but we will have them for next thursday's show send them my way at OverTime ireland on twitter or at road at gmail.com we'll get them added in to next week's show as a, a really have been enjoying and i know sean's been enjoying too the listener recommendations so let's keep that going for next week Uh, at rodova's listeners can also get yourself uh, a one-year subscription to Rotoviz and save 10% while doing so with the code 2020 rv radio at checkout we go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for additional information and um, really would recommend that as well some of the content up on the site at the moment is just second to none uh you know industry leading standard content and the tools are just uh again second to none i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and make it sound fancy but that's that's my belief and how good the content and the tools are up there on rotavis.com so until we're back with uh, two more shows next week we'll be back tuesday and thursday until we're back then my name's colin kelly thank you for tuning into the show you can follow me on twitter at over as always my co-host is sean siegel check out all the great work sean's doing up on com. and until we're back next week have a good one The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Join
2: us today during the Jeep Celebration Event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty-three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e.